Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Unbothered with your host, Josh. Today, Thursday Night Football is on. Vikings-Eagles, I make my pick, break down that game. Then I react to Aaron Rodgers' Instagram post and the Jets really without him. They're sealing what I expect from them moving forward this year. And Micah Parsons calls out the Giants not protecting Daniel Jones. And when I talk a little college football, is Miami back like the way we think Texas is back? And the Colorado-Colorado State rivalry heats up. Head coach Colorado State, Jay Norvell, uh, threw some gasoline on a fire today. Uh, so, yes, I react to what was said between both coaches, Coach Deion Sanders and Coach Norvell. But first, Thursday night takes priority. Tonight, Vikings-Eagles. Who do I got? I got the Eagles. This one, to me, is relatively simple. Eagles are going to win this game. They're six-point favorites. I like them to win, cover that um, as well. Will it be a little tricky today? Uh, Yes, I think so, because there's a few Eagles that won't be flying with the team tonight. Kenneth Gainwell, starting running back, out. Safety, Reed Blankenship, out. Another starting player, James Bradbury, concussion protocol, out. Uh, Fletcher Cox, questionable. So with that uh, being said, kind of the injuries, some people might teeter that, hey, this is a good opportunity for the Vikings to bounce back and win uh, this game, especially with James Bradbury being out. Their second best corner could be a big day for, you know, Jordan Addison, whoever is lined up uh, on the uh, side of the field that Darius Slay isn't going to be covering. So that's an advantage there, but I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. There's no way you can convince me to pick the Minnesota Vikings tonight because the Eagles will win by a touchdown plus. You can book it. Uh, last year, this game, I believe, was week two, Monday night in Philly. Philly won 24-7 to in Philly. Uh, just dominated the Minnesota Vikings. And I expect Philly to dominate tonight. Because who's quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings? Oh, it's Con Artis Kirk. Now, when did I bestow upon this man? That moniker, Con Artist Kirk. Well, it was a couple of years ago because not only does it a big factor of it, the money guaranteed with dollars that he always gets his bag and is always a mediocre quarterback, but it is also the fact that he just doesn't show up in primetime games. This man uh, goes quiet prime time. He's just not that guy. So with the Vikings alone, he is 8-10 in primetime games. That's a 44% winning percentage. Every other game, 38-24-1. That's a 61% winning percentage. So to me, that's a pretty uh, decent gap that, hey, he's 8-10 in the 18 primetime games compared to the other games with the Vikings. He has... A touchdown 
Uh, turnover ratio of 1.8 uh, to 1. Uh, regular time, 2.4 to 1, so much better. And the turnovers per game, it's just a hair over 1 in prime time. And regular, it's just under 1. So he turns the ball over a lot. Uh, he's not that good in those games. And when, if you look at him all time, yes, I did say he's 11 and 18. Or, my bad, um, 8 and 10. Primetime games with the Vikings. All time, he's 11 uh, and 18 in primetime games. So, not that good. His quarterback rating, you know, falls, you know, usually below 90. Again, which is, I should say, pass rating, again, mediocre. So, Connors Kirk will be making an appearance tonight. A man who doesn't play. In prime time. Now, the Eagles didn't look great last week. They did not. Jalen Hurts didn't look his finest. You know, the NFC champions could have a, excuse me, an off week. But I expect them to bounce back first game at home. And Philly raucous crowd going crazy cheering the Eagles. I don't care if the Eagles have some starters out tonight, some players out tonight. They are going to roll this Vikings team. I don't think this Vikings team, again, is that impressive. They're coming off a loss to Tampa Bay at home. Baker Mayfield just beat and outplayed Kirk Cousins. I expect Jalen Hurts to beat and outplay Kirk Cousins tonight. I expect the team uh, to play very well. Uh, it's a short week, short, uh, short week of rest. And to me, that usually favors the home team. Uh, Both teams had to travel, but Philly, just business as usual. Uh, Minnesota, a little bit more of adjustment. So I I like the Eagles to win this game. They're going to win it. Fly, Philly, fly tonight. Jalen Hurts, big night. A.J. Brown, big night. I expect the uh, Darius Slay to lock up his son, Justin Jefferson, too. I don't think Justin Jefferson will be going over 100 yards tonight. Next. Let's talk New York Jets. So, start off, let's start with Aaron Rodgers. So, Aaron Rodgers posted on Instagram yesterday, kind of alluded to what he was going to do in the future. Uh, Yesterday, I talked in my podcast that I think he's going to stay. Again, I I really do. Um, You know, I think he was going to stay. That's kind of a vibe everybody was getting. So, I think he's staying. The Instagram post confirmed it, uh, said a lot in a post about, you know, thanking everyone who's reached out, but kind of ended it with, you know, the night is darkest before the dawn, and I shall rise yet again. Now that's inspirational. Uh, man out here, uh, you know, trying to make some Batman quotes up here, so dark night. So I like it. Uh, again, he's going to be driven focused in his rehab to get to this because who wants to go out their last play and then retire torn Achilles no one wants to do that Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to do that he wants to come back and leave the team so now next year will there be as much hype around them as this year I don't think so but I think that's a good thing that they won't have the expectations next year as they did this year the the hard knocks all that 
that's kind of why you didn't pick the Jets to win at all because there's just so much expectation and hope that it is hard to fulfill all of it and capitalize on it all. So I believe, again, this might be a blessing. Aaron Rodgers can now come back fully healthy next year, not have a lingering calf injury. Jets can upgrade the offensive line. The team can just get a little better. Aaron Rodgers at 40, I don't think, is taking a dip. There's some people thinking Aaron Rodgers is going to fall off a cliff and he's just on this sharp decline. I'm not buying that. I think he's going to get be stronger. Uh, I'm not going to say better than ever, but he's going to be very, very good when he comes back next year playing for this Jets team. So with Aaron Rodgers, I had the Jets at around a 12-13-1 team. I did uh, realistically a 12-1 team. That's kind of what I thought, you know, win their division, 12-1 team. They'd be up there with the Bengals, the Chiefs, the Jags, you know, one of the top AFC teams. But with Aaron Rodgers out now, obviously that's not feasible. I'm not picking the Jets to win 12 games with, uh, I mean, Zach Wilson. So with Wilson, I expect eight or nine wins. So they already have one in the books against the Buffalo Bills. Next up this weekend is the Cowboys. This was a game originally I thought, hey, I think this could go the Jets' way. Aaron Rodgers is 7-2 and two or 8-2 and two against the Cowboys all time. He historically has owned the Cowboys. In Dallas now with Zach Wilson, the way the defense looked last week, this is one I'm definitely flipping to the uh, Jets or losing for sure and the Cowboys winning. Patriots-Jets. Uh, this is one with Aaron Rodgers. You know, it would be relatively easy. Now with Zach Wilson, the way the Patriots made Zach Wilson look last year makes this game a little more difficult, a little more close. Maybe the Jets can squeak it out. Then the Chiefs play the Jets. Now, this would have been a big Sunday night game in New York. Aaron Rodgers playing. You know, still tough, but I like their chances. Now, with no Aaron Rodgers, uh, yeah, how about we flex a different game into this Sunday night because the Jets won't be doing much. Jets-Broncos, I like the Jets to win this game regardless who's a quarterback. I don't think the Broncos are that good. I don't think Russell Wilson is that guy. And Sean Payton is not the savior of this team. Eagles, I, I thought that was kind of going to be a loss either way uh, for this team, especially just the offense, I think, can give the Jets defense fit stylistically with the way uh, they run it in the quarterback as well. So I like Jalen Hurts to have won this game no matter what. Giants, I'll pick the Jets no matter what um, as well. Chargers. Interesting opponent here. Aaron Rodgers definitely would have favored Aaron Rodgers in this Jets team at home against Herbert Monday night game. Now with it being Zach Wilson, this is one I flip. Hey, Justin Herbert and the Jets are just going to be a little better. Uh, so that's who I'm picking there. Raiders, another tough one. Probably favor the Jets still. Now the rematch against the Bills, Aaron Rodgers. Definitely like the way this defense matches up against Josh Allen and the Bills. Now, Zach Wilson, 
don't like this matchup in Buffalo at all. Buffalo will win. Dolphins, probably pick the Dolphins to win if two is healthy. Falcons, I'll have Jets still winning. Texans still winning. Dolphins again, Dolphins. Commanders, depending on how we're looking this late in the season, but probably the Jets. The Browns, same situation as Commanders. Might lean towards the Jets and the Patriots at the end of the season in New England. I'll probably pick New England. you got to, I think, the split with uh, New England this year, one and one. So, tough schedule. A lot of games with Aaron Rodgers. You're confident going into these games. With Zach Wilson, you're just not as much. So, that's why I expect eight or nine wins. Uh, that would be good improvement to have eight or nine wins coming off seven and ten last year with Zach Wilson. Ten would be great. I think ten's the highest they can go. I don't think there's any, you know, chance or odds they go 11-plus, but 10, that would be crazy, is if they win 10 games, sneak into the playoffs with Zach Wilson, that would be an absolute stunner. I don't expect it, but I also don't expect six wins either. I don't expect them to kind of bottle out with this great defense and still stars and playmakers on the offense I expect this Jets team to still be good and very competitive. Next, Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons talked a bit on his podcast about the Giants and not protecting Daniel Jones. And what he meant by that is the... Team not pulling him, you know, late in the fourth quarter when Saquon was pulled, their offensive line was pulled and backups, and Daniel Jones was still taking major punishment back there, getting hit, uh, sacked, you know, back there. He was wondering, you know, why didn't they protect him like the Bengals did with Joe Burrow? They pulled Bengals pulled Joe Burrow in the fourth quarter because game was out of hand. You didn't want him to take any more punishment from Miles Garrett. And I get what Micah Parsons is saying, um, you know, with Daniel Jones. But Daniel Jones' mindset was he's a competitor. He's out there to compete. Doesn't matter who's in there with him. You know, he just wants to get something positive, you know, going so that he can build on it for next week. And I respect that. So a debate really comes down to the decision to pull your star quarterback or keep them in. And it's a question a lot of teams have to face, uh, especially um, in blowout wins like this. Um, you know, I hear that quite often right now in college football. You know, some of the teams that are playing some cupcakes, it's how long do you keep a quarterback? And, you, you know, you don't want him to take shots or punishment or get hurt. And I totally get it. So to me, I think it's all right to pull your star quarterback any time of a fourth quarter when you are already dominating in a win. And I'm talking like 35 points, 28 points in a fourth quarter where there's really no way they come back unless there's a fourth quarter of the Patriots-Falcons game coming out. There's no reason to uh, keep your quarterback in that's winning games and get him hurt when you're already up by so much. It's different, though, when you're losing. 
And I kind of do get where Daniel Jones is coming from uh, because you do want to have some positive note because when you look at the takeaways from the game Sunday night, Giants, Cowboys, there's nothing positive to take away. There's no building point to lean on and, you know, look at a positive sign of growth. It's just all bad. The whole film is bad. Everything that the team did, was, frankly, was not good. So I get it more so keeping your quarterback in um, when you're down uh, compared to as of keeping them in while you're up by a large quantity. So Joe Burrow situation, and again, you have to think about the quarterback as well. Joe Burrow is a franchise guy. They just paid him $275 million. Yes, they're down by 21. But what if he gets hurt in that game? A game you're already probably going to lose. You're five minutes into it. It's like, uh uh-oh, just lost our franchise quarterback. Can't really do anything this year now without Joe Burrow. Whereas I don't think the Giants think about it like that. I don't think Brian Dable. I, you know, I think, you know, Brian Dable obviously speaks highly of Daniel Jones. But Brian Dable also knows that this guy isn't Josh Allen or Joe Burrow or Patrick Mahomes. We can keep him out there another drive. It won't bother us. You know, we need to watch him more, see his progression. He's just not going to be that guy. And I totally get that. I do. So would I have kept Daniel Jones in? Yeah, I would have. I kind of want a new quarterback if I'm a New York Giants. Next, let's talk some college football. So I don't know exactly the name of the team. is. I think it's Beth Wynn tonight playing Miami. Miami is ranked 22 and are 53 and a half point favorites. It is the biggest spread of the week. Largest favorite is going to Miami. So we have to ask the question, is Miami bad? Are they for real now? They just had a big win over Texas A&M where they score, you know, a ton of points in the second half, uh, 17, you know, when it was a close game going into halftime against Texas A&M, it was 21-17. Uh, next thing you know, it's 48-33. Miami wins again. Uh, their quarterback play, uh, led by Tyler Van Dyke, has been really good. Um, I think he really fits this system. Mario Cristobal and Josh Gaddis, uh down here as well. I They can just flat out pass the ball. They made Texas A&M look like chumps. Anybody who's still picking Texas A&M clearly has not been watching college football lately anymore. Miami was the better team. I expect them to absolutely roll tonight. But is Miami back? Well, there's a couple questions left on their schedule. They have a big, big back-to-back game in October at North Carolina and then Clemson. North Carolina is going to be tough with Drake May. And historically, the past 10 years under Davo, Miami's had a tough time against Clemson. It doesn't matter how bad Clemson is. 
Miami just can't clear that Dabo hurdle. They just can't. It's like a mental block. And they also play end of the year, you know, November. They play at Florida State. So it's tough. There's going to be some big games on their schedule to see where Miami's back. I think if Miami can beat both North Carolina and Clemson, I think we could say, hey, Miami's back or as close to coming back as they have been in a long, long time. So I'm giving them props for that. I think they roll tonight uh, against Beth Winter. I hope that's the team name. Next, Colorado, Colorado State. So game day is going to be there at Boulder uh, Saturday night. So there's a lot of media, a lot of attention at this game, for this game. And Jay Norvell, you know, took a shot of Deion Sanders, you know, having sunglasses he wears all during the week that, uh, you know, this is what he said, and I quote, I don't care if they hear this in Boulder. I told them I took my hat off and I took my glasses off. I said, when I talk to grown-ups, I take my hat and my glasses off. That's what my mother taught me. End of quote. Kind of got the fan base uh, riled up and excited there for Colorado State. I agree with Jay Norville's sentiments, you know, in public uh, places, you know, where you associate with certain ones and you're at, you know, some sort of event um, with other people, you're addressing other people, you know, I think that, you know, at least the glasses does show uh, some respect when Deion Sanders does his Aflac commercials. Is he wearing a hat? And glasses? No, he's not. I don't think they stand for that. But it did motivate. Colorado got them talking. Dion needed to respond right away. That, you know, he was minding his own business. And he went up and read this. And he said, when they gave us ammunition, they done messed around and made it personal. End of quote. So, again... A lot of people are going to be taking shots at Colorado. This year, Deion Sanders Deion Sanders likes to talk. He does invite uh, criticism and all that. So we'll see. Uh, you know, you got to be able to take it. you got to be able to dish it. I think Jane Norvell and Deion Sanders can both do that. I would like this to be a competitive game. I don't see it happening. I don't think Colorado State's just not that good of a program. I'd love to see an upset. But I think Colorado's toughest test will be coming again next week and the week after that against Oregon and USC. But everybody's asking the question about Colorado. Is this a blueprint? Is what Deion Sanders doing, is he, you know, can other teams recreate this blueprint that he's doing? So I got to answer that question because we're talking about it. Anybody can recreate the hype, uh, the hype train that Colorado has. Anybody uh, can do that, you know, various ways and platforms. They can do it on social media, personality-wise, uh, to kind of create hype around their program like Deion Sanders has done it. But the question I'm holding off on anything yet is we're acting like this season 
was a major success. Like the season's over. We're celebrating all these great accomplishments when Colorado hasn't accomplished anything as a program. What have they accomplished? They've already won more games than they did last year. They went 1-11, and now they're 2-0. and And again, they stormed the field after winning a game at home. They were favored to win. It's like, okay there, let's, let's pump the brakes because 2-0 and is good. But like I said, when they play Oregon, USC, UCLA, Oregon State, Washington State, they play a lot of good teams. How are they going to be then? Are they going to be, you know, 5-0 and after the USC game? Are we going to be 3-2? and Again, I think it's just something to consider because we're talking a lot about success here. This season's not been an overwhelming success, I would say, worth Deion Sanders and the team they got. They were expected to be better than 111. They really were. I thought they would be a 6-16. Six and 16. That was my prediction. 5-7, and 6-6. Six and six. Obviously, they'd be better than last year, but they would be around the 5-7. and seven. I think I said 5-7, and seven, Mark. They wouldn't make a bowl game, if I'm being honest. I think I changed it since they beat TCU now to 6-6. Six and six. But again, I'm not sold on Colorado yet uh, until they win big games. Because it's funny, every year people want to talk about, you know, Michigan in Georgia. Oh, they haven't played anybody non-conference yet. Can they win big games? What do they do? What does Michigan do? In their biggest games against Ohio State, they absolutely steamroll them. They're ready. It's happened a couple years in a row now. There doesn't need to be any buildup or nervous energy around it. Same with Georgia. Every year, it's, oh, can they win the big games with the quarterback situation? Well... They beat Alabama national champ- championship game, and then last year biggest test Tennessee. They passed it with flying colors and absolutely smashed LSU in the SEC championship game. So yes, that's just what good teams do. They don't need this extra hype built around them because they've already accomplished so much. Whereas Colorado and Deion Sanders here haven't accomplished anything. Yes, a two and zero record is nice, but let's see what happens beyond that. And lastly, I want to talk about Michigan State. So they're embroiled in some controversy right now. Of course, I have always despised, disliked Michigan State being a big Michigan fan. Michigan State is number two on the teams I don't root for list, number one being Ohio State. So they're in some controversy. It feels like they're always in controversy, uh, this team here. Because this program to me is just surrounded with, sadly, uh, sexual assault victims, uh, harassment claims, misconduct complaints. So it really is sad, you know, more survivors are suing just the university over the decisions that were made. So Mel Tucker, head coach, um, you know, has been suspended without pay for sexually harassing a woman who is a sexual assault awareness speaker. Now, isn't that ironic? He is calling it a sham. Uh, So, again, we'll see what transpires with this. But this, to me, 
is more of an inflection and induction on this program. That's who Michigan State is. That is the type of people that they hire. Larry Nasser, Mel Tucker, who else did they kind of bring back after firing abruptly, saying he's not coming back? Mark D'Antonio. Uh, Mark D'Antonio also, you know, has had claims against him for handling sexual misconduct uh, complaints wrongly, dismissing them. So, again, this whole program is very, very shady. Uh, you know, I hope the truth uh, does come to light um, with this, not only just this team, but this university, and things get fixed and hired because there is this sort of dark cloud over the program of Michigan State. You know, always never liked Michigan State, but it is, you know, hard to hear that so many uh, people within this program uh, have been, you know, accused of sexual misconduct, you know, mishandlings and harassments. It's just not a good look for a college uh, program where there are a bunch of young men and young women attending. So we'll see how this shakes up. I'll have more reaction as we get more, hear more on it. But this has been Unbothered. Again, tonight, Eagles-Vikings. I got the Eagles who you got. Talk to you guys later. Bye, everybody.